Well, Ashley, it's been a little over six months, just a smidge over six months since our last bad movie night. And uh, the last time we were doing this, uh, we were trapped uh, in a remote house on a stormy night with Garrett and Kirsten. And we talked about uh, Night of the Lepus. Mm. And uh, yeah, so in the intervening six months, Garrett and Kirsten, they got a kid now, a beautiful, (laughs) beautiful baby girl. And... You and I are here still watching uh, uh, bad movies. Indeed we are. Yeah. Um, so this is a little different than our previous bad movie nights, for the most part, in that you know we're not doing any kind of uh, gimmick with the three films to choose from, and somebody puts you know picks the, uh, one of the movies out of a hat, and we watch... No, we're not, we've already watched this movie. Um, so we're just going to showcase this one. Okay. Uh, tell, tell the folks what this movie is called. for some reason i can never remember the title of this movie my brain is ejecting everything about this movie as we speak the 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 name of the movie is evils of the night yeah it's from 1985 it is a brief 84 minutes we should probably tell folks how we landed on this um so you and i uh watch cheesy typically 80s horror movies uh in our spare time as as one does, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I find them. I, find, I grew up watching horror movies like on HBO and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, but I find them comforting. Yeah, you know. I mean, we live in a bit of a uh, tumultuous world, and um, I don't know. I, I don't know why, but I just find these. Uh, I find old horror movies comforting. Yeah, I do too. They're and they're like little time capsules of the eighties, which is a period where I was growing up and. And a lot of these horror movies focus on young people. So I don't know. It's kind of nostalgic in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, This one, though, I mean, I knew when it was done that I I said, this is a bad movie. You know, I mean, they're all of varying quality, but this is just pure outright bad. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, we should talk about this. We we haven't done a bad movie night in a while, so we should should talk about this one. Uh, So real quick. So the, the premise of this is that some aliens come to Earth. They're humanoid aliens, so they look just like you and I. Um, actually, you know what? They look a lot like Ginger from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Tina Louise is one of the aliens. Uh, anyway, um, but they come to Earth because I think they have fairly long lifespans, but the only way they can do that is by some sort of blood transfusion, if I under, if I followed that correctly, right? Yeah. Or something. something to do with needing blood from... Young people. Young people. It has to be young, young earthlings. Yeah. In fact, even at one point, I think they specified ages 16 to 24. <laughs> <laughs> it's very specific. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And so they're coming down and, and, and people are, you know, I, I guess this is kind of a horror movie because we there are your, your um, bog standard horror movie scenes where um, young people are out frolicking in the woods and then uh, a nefarious masked person comes up and tries to kill them or does or they, they, they don't kill them in this movie but they 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 capture them it's it plays out like those kind of scenes yes and so uh what's happening is the aliens have employed a couple of car mechanics aging elderly car mechanics played by neville brand and aldo ray um and they are I think they've been promised money or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. They are going around dressing up in a mask or, or, or costume or whatever, and they are finding these young people to 
take them to the aliens so the aliens can extract the young people blood so the aliens can live longer. I think I, I think I've got that right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hand it over to you. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, it's a, it's a very uh, strange setting because there's a lot of young people and the young people are here because there's a beach and they're hanging out at this beach. They're kind of partying and having a lot of sex. We have to say that like the first third of this movie is essentially a soft core porn film because mm-hmm. all of the characters are having um, sex and it's, you know, more graphic than you would, I think, typically get in a slasher film. I mean, there's always nudity in a slasher film from the 80s, but this is even more than typical. Well, we should say, too, uh, at least a couple of the actresses in this uh, were, were legitimate pornography actresses. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And so there's all these young people that are partying on this beach. Also, though, there's like a hospital nearby. So there's woods around the beach and there's a hospital nearby. And there's the mechanics nearby. And that seems to be it. I mean, that's all we see, really. Yeah, we don't see a town. There's no town. There's no other civilization. It's just the mechanics, a hospital, this beach. Mm-hmm. Exactly the things that we need to have this bizarre story. Um so yeah, the you know, the actors, the young people are all kind of not very interesting. I mean, you know, in a in a slasher film, you don't really expect deeply drawn characters, um, but here they're even um, more shallow than usual. Um, you were you were getting really excited about one of those young actors, though. Yeah, what's his name? Tony O'Dell. <laughs> Tony O'Dell. I recognized him because he was in Head of the Class, which was a show I watched. Mm-hmm. I mean, around and, this time and the Karate the Kid. Yeah. I don't remember him in the Karate Kid. But. Well, he was in Karate Kid and Karate Kid Part Two, oh. and he was in Chopping Mall. Oh, well, I definitely recognized him here because this was around the same time of Head of the Class. A little so, bit before, yeah. Okay, so, um, and I kind of had a bit of a crush on him when I was watching. He was that cute. Movie. He was cute, and we saw him like in some I don't know swimming trunks or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, he definitely was youthful and, and cute. He was in his early twenties when I think he made this. He's now mm-hmm. sixty-two, but we. You know, <laughs> He was young and attractive back then. Yeah, yeah, but all of the other... I mean, you know, they're all attractive, but they just don't really have a personality. Um, And, well, and then the the aliens, which are are portrayed mostly by people you might recognize. Uh, You mentioned uh, Tina Louise, but there's also Julie Newmar is one of the aliens. She was Catwoman back... In the, she was the, uh, the Catwoman back in the old Batman TV show. Right. And among, I mean, she's done other things, but yeah. Right. And I mean, I don't know. You kind of feel sorry for them. I mean, their, their dialogue is just so inane. They're aliens. They're, you know, trying to collect blood. And they say a bunch of like science fiction-y alien dialogue, but it's, it's all really stupid. And I don't know. And their costumes are just so lame. It's like <laughs> the, the cheapest, like 1950s space opera. Oh, yeah. Costumes. Um, we should mention, though, that Tina Louise and Julie Newmar, who play two of the aliens, they are joined by John Carradine, mm. who 
Um, I mean, John Carradine did have a pretty good Hollywood pedigree. I mean, he was in movies like The Ten Commandments and Stagecoach and The Grapes of Wrath. Um, and then somewhere along the line in his later career, I mean, this is this is late John Carradine. Um, he just starred in a whole bunch of really crappy horror movies. Um, I mean, he was in The Howling in the 80s, which is not a crappy horror movie, but, you know, it's... This is a this one we're talking about is a crappy horror movie. So well, yeah, his scenes are just painful. It's yeah. like I'm not even sure he knew what movie he was in. Or... No, <laughs> and I'm not really sure what the purpose of his character was, except maybe they just needed a name. A name, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. should also mention too. I mean, Aldo Ray and apparently Neville Brand are are um, are uh, names as well. Um, they're the mechanics, right? They play the mechanics, yeah, who help the aliens. Um, but, it, it, you know, Aldo Ray, for example, um, I mean, he was a, a legit movie star uh, when he was younger. He's older in this movie. Hmm. But the movie Inglorious Bastards, uh, Brad Pitt's character is called Aldo Rain. I mean, I mean, so, you know, Quentin Tarantino named Brad Pitt's character uh, after, after the actor Aldo Ray. I don't know how many people got that, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's just sad to see these these older character actors that are you know reduced to doing this in this terrible movie. I was reading afterward that the the the, the three actors playing the aliens they shot all their scenes in one day, and I don't think they ever leave the hospital. Yeah, no, that's completely believable. <laughs> and can I ask? Too, I mean, I mentioned this when we were watching it, but this hospital, first of all, it is in the woods, which is as you mentioned earlier, it's an odd place to have a hospital, right. but. This is where the aliens have holed up at to do their experiments on the teenage or whatever young people bodies. Mm-hmm. And, but yet they have a spaceship, which we see, we yeah. see the exterior of it. I mean, yeah. this is, is cheap. I mean, everything in this movie is cheap, right? But there is a spaceship. And I'm just thinking like you have a ship with te- technology for like intergalactic travel, I'm assuming, right? Um, and so you come to Earth and you have this scientific stuff that you need to do and you do it in an Earth-bound hospital? And look, I get it. I get it. Like, the production budget for this movie could only spring to, like, utilize probably an abandoned warehouse type of thing mm-hmm. or whatever. So that's where they made this hospital at. And they didn't. the budget wouldn't stretch for <laughs> Roger wouldn't stretch for a, a legit, like, uh, set of a, of a, you know, spaceship interior. Mm. I get it. It's just, it's just odd. Yeah. They don't establish the setting well at all. And for the longest time, I thought that the hospital was actually the ship. Like they had, I thought maybe they had gotten, they had access to a hospital and so that they were, they were filming it as if it were the ship. Cause I, like you, I couldn't understand why they weren't doing this in, in the spaceship. Mm-hmm. And this hospital appears to be abandoned except for them right yeah ain't, no, ain't nobody else in this hospital yeah. <laughs> yeah um i should mention so this movie was co-written and then directed by somebody named marty rustum and i was just curious so like you know what what was this career here so marty rustum has only two movies to their name that they've directed this and which came out in 1985 and then 12 years later in 1997 they directed uh, James Dean, Race with Destiny, which was a movie, as you might imagine, about James Dean, mm. uh, which I remember the title. I, I remember that title. I didn't ever, never saw it, but um, that had, you know, for at the time, it had um, 
you know, Casper uh, Van Dien, who was like a big uh, at the time actor, right? Mm-hmm. You don't hear much about him now, but <laughs> he was a big deal back in the in the late nineties. Uh, and I think this is also um, one of the last projects that Robert Mitchum was in. Mm-hmm. Um, you got you had like Casey Kasem up in in that movie. Anyway, I'm I'm talking about that in the movie now. Now, so I just find I'm just fascinated that those are somebody's two directorial credits. Uh, that is interesting. I'm surprised he had any more than, <laughs> than this one. Yeah, um, this movie was this movie was bad. Yeah. So, like I said the first third of the movie is the young people having sex. The second third is kind of um, the mechanics abducting random kids and taking them to the hospital. And the experiments seem to not be going well because <laughs> the, the the kids that they take to the hospital, the aliens aren't able to get the blood or they don't work right. They're, they're not good specimens or something. So they keep having to get additional mm-hmm. Abduct additional kids. Yeah. And they scold the mechanics at one point. Because mm-hmm. they say, you're bringing people too old. <laughs> I told you, like 16 to 24. <laughs> so it's very specific. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, so there's there's like a final little group of kids that we follow for quite a while. Oh my gosh, yes. A long time. I mean, I was just ready for them to die already. Cause you should paint the picture. So they are... <laughs> They are being held captive, awaiting. It's two girls and a guy. Yeah, and they've been captured by the mechanics. I don't know where they're at. They're, are they at the mechanics? They're at the shop. They're yeah. at the shop. They haven't been taken to the hospital yet. No, I can't remember why, but they are not allowed to take them to the hospital right away. And so the the people, the young people, are tied up, standing up against some like pillars or something in this mechanic shop. And I mean, tell me if I'm exaggerating here. It's a good half an hour that is devoted to them trying to escape. It felt like it, at least. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I have to say, you know, they are, it is the worst example of people trying to escape villains I've ever (laughs) seen in a movie. I mean, it's pathetic. Yes. Well, yeah, their, their attempts are pathetic. The acting is just awful. And, and the, um, The, the there's never really the sense of threat. Like you don't care about them. Like I said, I wanted them to die already. Oh wow! You did the mechanic. The mechanics are mildly threatening. This does end up in involving probably the best scene in the movie, which is um, one of them finally does escape and is pursued by a mechanic with a a drill. Mm-hmm. And the way that ends up is pretty interesting. And actually, for this movie, the effect this movie doesn't really have any good effects, but special effects. But for this movie, that kind of, that was kind of a decent mm-hmm. special effect. The yeah. use of the drill on a body. <laughs> that was uh, Neville Brand, who's that particular mechanic that mm-hmm. was chasing them now, and he was pretty nasty. I mean, I will say, I mean, if I'm going to give any kind of this is minor kudos to this movie is the way they developed those mechanics or at least Neville Brand's mechanic. Cause when they first got introduced and you were right, like I don't even think that they're in or that we see them at least unmasked in the first third. Yeah. First third is just ex- excuses for young people to, to like get completely naked and have sex, which is really awkward. 
I mean, li- li- when uh, I'm digressing here, but I really thought for a while that this this was this was like you know you know so um, in the seventies they made that movie Caligula. Yeah. Okay, they made that movie Caligula, and that actually had like you know legit actors in it. it had like John Gilgood and Helen Mirren and all, whatever, and they um, th- certain actors made a legitimate movie. And then, unbeknownst to them, the producers came in and the directors, and they were like, you know what? We actually want to make a sex movie. So they just filmed sex scenes, right? Mm-hmm. And then, inter- you know, put it into the movie as well. When we were watching the first third of this movie, Evils of the Night, I actually kind of thought that's what we we're having a Caligula going <laughs> along here because I'm like, this is just like, this is just really bad mm-hmm. excuses to have sex. And mm-hmm. It's really uncomfortable. Anyway, I digress. So, then a third in, we see these two uh, mechanics who look like they're straight out of Mayberry, like they're Gomer and Goober pile and <laughs> seem fairly harmless. Yeah. But by the end of the movie, yeah, I mean, they're fairly menacing. Yeah, um, that is true. But uh, the other thing I'll say about these group of kids that we're following here at the end and throughout the movie, really, you know, we're used to, you know, there's the old trope in these slasher films that, the kids, they don't, the victims, they don't make good choices. Um, or they, they do stupid things or, you know, just in general, they make bad decisions. Uh, these characters take it to a whole nother level. I mean, they are so dumb and so ineffectual and they just cannot fight back. They cannot escape. They cannot do anything. No. They're so pitiful and pathetic. <laughs> You know, so I had a little bit more empathy for them, I think, than you did. I mean, <laughs> I, at least initially. I mean, there was, a, you know, I, I wanted them to survive. Yeah. But then it did get to a point where I just kind of threw my hands up. And I'm like, I don't know. Y'all, y'all just, whatever happens to y'all happens to you. You know, I, I it was bad. Yes. So, um, and then the, the movie, like, it's funny, you know, you would think that these aliens, like, the aliens are should be kind of the main villains except as we've already established the aliens the people the actors playing the aliens you know tina louise julie newmar john carradine they are at least they were at the time like the biggest names Mm -hmm. they only did one day's work they only like did uh, their scenes in the hospital set Mm -hmm. and they don't really feel like menacing villains so they just kind of scupper off at the end of the movie. I mean, they're like, you know what? This is just not working. And so they leave. They leave the earth. Yeah. So our main villains end up being the two mechanics. And that just felt a little weird. So you have this, you have this movie where they don't really have even the best villains. Right. Well, you know, they had, like you said, they had those actors for one day. So they couldn't have been the villains throughout the movie. No. They just had to kind of film a few scenes and then fly away. Um, yeah, it was it was by necessity that they weren't the villains. I'm sure they would have loved that. Um, I'm sure the filmmakers would have loved to have them as the villains, but um, but alas, well, it's uh, it's not a good movie. It's a, in <laughs> fact, you know what? It's a bad movie. Yeah. So we thought we'd talk about it on our on our bad movie night, and so now we have. I, I'm not recommending this. No, I would never recommend this. No. Uh, but I, I, it doesn't sound like people who've watched it would recommend it either. 
Um, so I'm looking at the tomato meter. There's zero critic reviews. So, okay. Uh, no critic <laughs> reviews at all. There are over a hundred audience, uh, ratings on the tomato meter and it has a 4% audience score. I am very curious to know who the 4% of the people are that like this movie. Give it a passing mark. Oh, probably people who just, you know, showed up for the sex and <laughs> got what they wanted. I mean, this, this movie does not aim high. And if you go in with extremely low expectations, you may get what you're wanting, I suppose. But yeah, on, a, on about every level, this is a pretty horrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> what would you give it out of 10? Uh, oh, man. I'll be generous and give it a one. Okay. Uh, I'll give it, I'll give it a 0.5. And that's for uh, Tony O'Dell. I was going to say, my one point is for the guy from head, head of the class. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and maybe it gave these, it gave these older actors uh, some work. So, you know what? I'll give that another point. So, you know, 0.5. So I'll give it a one. Okay. So our score then is a one. Okay. <laughs> Don't watch this movie. Um, but anyway, thank you for listening. That's Evils of the Night. Thank you.